Ladies and gentlemen, dear listeners, welcome back, and thank you for tuning in to Fear Boners, presented by the Down in Front Podcast. Andrew, the abs man. And today we're going to be discussing a film that I've been really excited about. But before we dive right into that, let me just take a minute to fill you in on what I've been watching and what I'm drinking. So it's pretty early on a Sunday and I'm enjoying a pretty nice Bloody Mary kind of working my way off, let's call it a busy Saturday. Um, Got a little bit of the bacon flavored bourbon in there. It's a nice touch and, you know, a few olives does the trick perfect way to start your sunday and as for what i've been watching i actually just started watching the uh, second season of marvel's luke cage Um, so far so good i couldn't have expected any less from a marvel netflix production but i'm sure we'll probably get into that on the main down in front podcast Um, so i won't get into that too much but if you're a fan of the first season you'll probably enjoy the second season from what i've experienced so far all righty And with that being said, today what we're going to be talking about is Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson's The Endless. Now, when I first heard about this film, I was at San Diego Comic-Con last year, last July, sitting in on one of the last panels of the weekend that was a future of the horror genre panel. There were lots of other directors and celebrities there uh, discussing their upcoming films. Elijah Wood was there um, because he had just recently started working with a new production company, and that was kind of cool to hear him speak. But these two guys, if their names seem familiar to you, it might be because they've been working in the horror genre for a while now, especially they worked directing and producing on VHS Viral, which was the third film in that series, which is a great found footage series that we love here at Fear Boners. But also, they have two other movies that preceded The Endless that have been on our radar that we haven't gotten around to seeing, and now that we've seen The Endless, we kind of feel bad about that and really want to go back and backtrack and check out these films, um, both of them being Resolution and Spring. So we've heard nothing but good things about those other films. This one was the only one that we actually had a chance to to peep so far. So that's what we're going to be discussing today. So basically, going forward, we're going to be getting into a little bit of spoilers. So if you feel like watching the movie first, definitely check it out. There's a lot to think about in this film. It's definitely sort of breaks outside the horror box and gets into a little bit of sci-fi and fantasy uh, and mixes things up a little bit, but with some really intense imagery and some fun camera tricks. So if you've seen the trailer, you kind of have an idea of what I'm talking about, but the best way after thinking about it, I just watched it yesterday, so I've had a chance to sleep on it and think about how I was going to describe this film. And the best way I can think of it is Looper and Groundhog's Day meet... Ty West's The Sacrament. So you have this story of two brothers who you're introduced to right off the bat, and those are actually the characters of the directors, Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, and they pull off the whole brotherly roles very well because, of course, they've been working together for so long on other movies, and then they're in this movie, and they're 
directing themselves, and sometimes that doesn't really come across very well, or it seems a little stuffy, but in this case, it came across really well. They worked on writing the film as well, so they sort of had in mind what they wanted to convey on the screen, and that's very apparent. But these two brothers, ten years previous in the story of the film, escaped what was deemed a doomsday UFO suicide cult. Um, And so they're basically still recovering after escaping this cult. They sort of have a shitty life outside, trying to pick things up because they're adults. Their ages are kind of amorphous. You can't really tell how old they're supposed to be. Um, You can tell these guys in real life are a little bit older, but they're supposed to be younger in the film, it seems like, because most of their life was spent in the cult. As you find out later, essentially what had happened was while driving, their mother crashed and was in a a fiery wreck. And the cult members basically saved these two boys and brought them into the loop while they were still very young. And you find that out in the first few moments that the, the mother died in a car accident. It's kind of really, a lot of things in this movie are very vague and don't really come around until the end. But basically... After that happens, the boys sort of live their life in this environment, this very cult-like environment. This the, There's an ongoing conversation between the two brothers. One's insisting it's a cult, the other's insisting it's more like a commune. But it's very heavy going into it. Like, there's this very ominous touch of, oh, should we go back? Oh, let's not go back. And then there's a few things in the film that are a little distracting and a little... You're almost like a normal thinking person would not just go like, oh, yeah, okay, well, let's just go back. But in the beginning of the film, there's also these little parts that indicate that they're still being interviewed or documented in a way. And that doesn't really come back. So that was a little that was the only one big criticism I had is there's these these little confessional parts in the beginning where one brother talks about the other one in front of a, a camera and there's a girl sort of interviewing him. And then right before they leave to go back to the cult, she interviews the other brother and they both kind of have conflicting feelings about each other and like the situation and why they're going back and what they're doing. But there's only two, maybe three instances of that in the first like 15, 20 minutes of the film. And then it just kind of disappears and becomes like a regular movie, which is a little jarring, but that's fine because there is sort of this theme going through the rest of the movie that this, I don't want to jump around too much, but there's a an unknown entity that is sort of watching over everything. And so the idea of being on camera or being observed or being watched is very much prevalent throughout the film, but still the idea of them being documented or interviewed is lost at a certain point, for me at least. But basically what happened, to jump back a little bit, is these guys were in the cult as children, and then when they were in their teens or early 20s, They basically escaped somehow and did an interview saying that it was like a very, like they they came out with like strange clothes and were telling people that it was like a, a religious cult where they were going to ascend and like death would be the way to become better than or to basically transcend to a higher plane of being essentially. And later in the movie, we find out that that was all BS orchestrated by the older brother who just kind of wanted to downplay the cult and make them look worse than they were and that was a decade previous to this film so now they've been living outside for 10 years 
having like shitty jobs, no real education, not making enough money, barely enough money to survive. You see that they have these low paying cleaning jobs and they're using like the cooking equipment in other people's houses to make ramen. So you can tell they're not doing great. But then the younger brother convinces the older brother to go back. And on their way out there is when you find out about the mother dying in a car crash because they stop at some random side of the road to look at her memorial. And they notice you start seeing small hints of odd stuff to come. Like, for example, there's a a framed children's drawing on the memorial. And one of the brothers remarks, oh, this is nice. Someone else must have left this here. And the other brother's like, no, we painted that for her when we were kids because we remembered how much she loved our paintings. But it's strange how, how well it's held up. And it's like an odd thing for him to say. But then as he's saying that, he steps out into the road and sort of looks. And in both directions, there's flocks of birds that are circling. And they're doing the exact same pattern at polar opposite ends of the street that they're on, the highway that they're on. And it's very odd. And then he remarks about some strange geological formations. And he sort of dismisses it as like, what does he say, volcanic shafts. So there's a little bit of weirdness that sort of builds up into them leaving the city and arriving back at the cult campsite ground area. And as they transition into the area, um, more things like this start to happen. And as soon as you're introduced to the members of this commune cult, they all recognize them, which is odd because... They recognize, the brothers recognize the people at the campsite because they all look exactly the same, which is strange because it's been 10 years since they've seen any of them. But the thing of it is, the reason, the the thing that triggers them wanting to go back to the site is the fact that they receive a tape in the mail, like a, a camcorder tape, that is a tape of one of the girls that they knew sort of saying, hey, like, everything's fine, the ascension's happening. And so, to them, that triggers them to be like, oh, well, hey, we got to get out there. They're either already dead or they're about to kill themselves. So they want to go out there and sort of also check to make sure everybody's all right. So that's ultimately why they decide to go. But then as soon as they start mentioning it to people, it's like, oh, we got that tape in the mail. Oh, you know, we received this this tape. None of them really knows anything about the tape. Like, nobody remembers the tape. Nobody said that they sent a tape even the girl who's on the tape is like no that's if i if i said that i would have remembered and there's just a ongoing uneasiness throughout every character interaction the two brothers sort of have this strange developmental delay where they're clearly adults but like they don't know how to interact with certain people the younger brother's a lot more passive while the older brother's a lot more like aggressive which is an interesting dynamic, but neither of them really knows how to act with women in this case. So, like, the younger brother has a thing for this one girl, and he keeps thinking it's a thing, but it doesn't seem to be. And then there's this other girl who's, like, a recovering addict, and the other brother has, like, a few weird, uncomfortable, silent moments with her, but neither of the brothers know, like, what to do in those cases. And then they have these, like, almost childlike conversations about it where they follow up with each other where one of them's like oh yeah how'd things go with Annie and he's like oh yeah great you know we had this moment where I thought she wanted to hold my hand and it's it's almost it brings this weird innocence back into it but it's also just like 
sort of makes you uncomfortable because you realize how this whole experience had truly affected them. But along the way, there are things dropped like, oh, you guys look exactly the same, or oh, you know, like, you all look great for your age, and they can't tell how old anybody is. There's cabins that are locked with giant padlocks that nobody can get into. There's people just acting sketchy. There's a dude who just stomps around the campground and refuses to acknowledge the two brothers because he just keeps walking around in a giant loop and won't say boo to them at all um, until later in the film. And then these interactions and these happenings sort of ramp up. There's a scene where the stamping guy disappears that's really creepy that leads into like a whole like shifting mass. Because it's sort of... It's very, it's very vague. The movie itself is very vague. Ultimately, there's not really a defined resolution to what's occurring, but there's hinting at a greater being, a forest god, a unknown element, um, because we are introduced in the movie into a very famous H.P. Lovecraft quote about how the greatest fear is the fear of the unknown. And that is kind of a great way to define the film because all these weird things are happening and we're not sure what's causing it. But we are sort of introduced to the fact that there is this almost invisible presence that communicates via, weirdly enough, Polaroid photos or camcorder tapes. And they're either dropped from the sky or buried at the bottom of a lake. So this greater power sort of directs these brothers into this trap almost where we find that the reason that nobody has essentially aged is because there's a certain loop that is occurring for this group of people. But in that geographical area, there are multiple loops. And at one point in the film, we do see the different domed, sealed-off areas that are caught in these loops. One of which is actually uh, characters from another film that these guys made, one of their first films, Resolution, where uh, a friend who is very concerned about his friend's addiction sort of traps him in a cabin and holds him there until he sobers up and decides to quit doing drugs. And that is a whole interesting interaction because they have to go buy guns from him. And I know, like, I'm doing a very bad job of breaking down this movie, but it is sort of, in a way, like a weird odyssey of a movie because the one brother gets really sucked into the cult commune lifestyle again because he's, like, the impressionable one and he's got, like, a thing for this girl and, like, she's almost trying to, like, lure him in because she knows she knows what's... You're never quite sure how it works. Like, that part of the interaction of the, the time warping, the time looping is not really well defined because some of the loops are very long and some of them are very short. In one instance, there's a guy trapped in a tent who is described as a 1900s explorer, and he can't get out of his tent. So the every once in a while, it'll break back to him, and you see a clock sitting on the outside of his tent, and it literally clicks maybe five seconds on the clock, and then it resets. Five seconds on the clock, and it resets. And the guy just keeps running into a wall and disappearing. And it's like one of the, one of the scarier moments in the film is when this occurs, and he's still trying to convey to one of the brothers, like, you need to get out. 
before like time's up because you can only i guess external sources or people unaffected by the time loops can only exist in them for so long until they are also caught within the time loop there's also a really sad side story that interacts with the the guy who's trying to help his friend get clean where his wife also got sucked into the time loop and there's this basically this part where we're introduced to the wife first and she's looking for her husband who disappeared and she doesn't know how long she's been there but this is before we even really know like what's going on and then later not too much later we're introduced to the husband and his friend who he's trying to clean up but at that point we don't really we don't really know but then when he starts to sort of talk about his background and how much he misses his wife and, like, he hopes she doesn't come to find him and then you're like, oh, shit. Like, now you're both trapped here, but you're trapped in different loops. This movie is really fun, um, but it is really vague. I know, for example, if I had watched it with Maddox, she probably would have picked it apart. She would have said a lot of it didn't make sense. I mean, even talking about it right now, I am thinking about a, a few things that don't make a whole lot of sense in hindsight but it is still a really fun movie for for example the end there is a moment where everything kind of starts to explode and the loops are all resetting and shit's going crazy and the brothers are trying to escape and you don't know what's going on because there's this whole other weird side thing where the mirroring keeps occurring and the people in the campsite just keep explaining it away as like terrible Almost like UFO excuses, like, oh, swamp gas, oh, residual heat, something. I can't remember what they refer to it as, but there's one point where the moon is doubled, and that's where they start to not be able to explain why that's occurring, and then you realize that there's, like, a triple moon, and they all say, like, yeah, you basically have until the third moon is full to get out of here until you're stuck in the loop. And there's a part in the film where they're standing in the campground, their battery, the battery in their car is still dead, of course, so they can't escape, escape, but then the brothers decide that they're going to try to jump it or, like, push it, push start it, and they turn, and all three moons are full. And you're like, okay, well, if that's the case, then I guess you're stuck in there. But then they still try to go, and everything starts to go to shit, and the the entity gets upset, I guess, and everything starts just unraveling and exploding and turning into fire. And it looks like it's going to suck for them, but then they just drive, 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 drive. And there's a moment where I thought, man, like they've been playing around so much with like time and looping and things happening for a reason and things sort of being like manipulated in a way that certain things were supposed to happen to get the people to where they were supposed to be. Almost like there's also these side conversations where people are convinced that everything is done specifically for this higher powers amusement or this higher powers entertainment and so almost like it whatever it is is moving them around like chess pieces so in that moment where they're driving and they're escaping and you can see that they're driving towards the edge of the loop which i assume is the whole time has been those reflective moments where they're just like oh well now i can see everything like i can see the the twirling birds here and I can see them over there or I can see the moon here. I can see the moon there. That's where the reflection occurs on the edge of these loop bubbles, I guess. So you see them driving towards another car. And I thought it would have been great if the moment they breached the bubble was also the moment that their mom got run off the side of the road. So in 
accidentally they as adults were what caused the accident for their mother to be killed and them to wind up in the cult in the first place. And I thought that would have been great, not only just to, to bring it all together, but just to also play again on the theme of like loops and circles and like, it's called the endless for a reason, obviously, but then they keep driving and the one brother who hasn't been allowed to drive the whole time is driving. Cause the, they have this great moment where the younger brother's just like, you know, I've just always wanted you to respect me. I've wanted you to, you know, let me do things my own way, but I've also wanted you to just like recognize me essentially. And by that, he's just like, let me drive the car, let me drive the car. So he drives the car and I was still confused. Cause then I was thinking we've seen loops reset a few times in the movie already and things were just back to where they were. But in this case, the other brother is still driving, the younger brother is still driving, and they have a conversation about being out of gas. But the way that it's delivered is almost like it happened earlier in the movie. So then I I had to actually like go back and rewatch the the first like 10, 15 minutes of the movie to make sure that I didn't miss something. So I'm not a hundred percent sure if they actually made it out of the loop. Like, the end of the movie is very, again, also very vague. Like, I think they did make it out of the loop, but when they're leaving, the other brother's driving, they talk about being out of gas, and then it does a very purposeful shot of the road that they were on when they first came in, where there is the circling flock of birds again. So that's what makes me think that they are in a loop, but then the brothers would have reset and the older brother would have been driving. So I'm not entirely sure how to translate the end of the movie. Again, it's just a really fun, freaky movie. It does have like some interesting cult vibes. It does have some really uncomfortable moments. No real jump scares, as I would say, but like there's these creepy moments where they do realize they are being watched, they are being controlled. The cult aspect of it is very interesting. A lot of the characterizations are really fun. The set pieces are great. The interactions are really believable and like really run the emotional gamut of those awkward moments that you see people reenact in movies where it's just like, oh yeah, like seeing someone that you haven't seen in like a decade. Is it going to be weird? Is it going to be... Especially because there is this one moment where they receive a message from the, the creature, the being, whatever it is, and it winds up being this translated by them as a message of forgiveness, but it's basically the video that the brothers cut with a news crew basically making the cult look like a bunch of crazy people. Um, And so everybody there is just like, what the hell is this? We knew you did this, but we didn't know this is what you told them. None of them trapped in the loop knew that they told everybody on the outside that they were like crazy suicide UFO people. And so there's this really uncomfortable moment where there's that that's confronted and then the brothers are divided further than they were before. And it may, again, just be because the being wants to sort of entertain itself. It's manipulating people. It's trying to get as many people trapped in this loop as possible. You don't really know what its motivations are. You just kind of know that it is. But it has been functioning for a while, obviously, because not only is it this 10-year story, but also there's the story of shitty Carl the meth head that we're introduced to, and that's kind of a creepy scene because he's obviously out of his mind on drugs, and he exists in a plane where not only is he still alive, but he's also dead hanging in his trailer, and he's just trying to find... That's the thing, is that we're also kind of introduced to this whole if you don't end the loop, the monster thing will end the loop, so 
there's a few people who are trapped in their own individual loops throughout this like forest area that find terrible creative ways to sort of kill themselves. And that's where, going back to where I was talking about before, Carl sort of enlists one of the brothers to go get a gun. And you know what he's going to do with the gun, but it's like, then that's where he finds the house with the guys from Resolution, and that's pretty cool. Like, I love when directors do that, especially when, like, it's sort of easy enough to fit their movies in the same universe. So now I really want to go back and start watching Resolution and Spring. It'll be interesting to see if that's fit in any way. Probably not, because from what I've read, I don't think it is, but... Um, if this movie's any indication and what I've seen of their work in VHS, like I'm really excited to see their earlier work. I'm really excited to see what they come out with going forward, but yeah. So it feels like I've been talking for a while and it feels like I've been talking in circles, which for this movie is perfectly on point. Definitely go and check out The Endless, especially if you like a little bit of sci-fi fantasy in your horror. It's not a hard, hard horror movie. I believe it's available on video on demand. Um, It is available on uh, VHS. DVD and Blu-ray now, it just came out. It might still be playing in certain theaters in places, but definitely go and check it out. Fun movie. Uh, interesting concept. Check out their other movies. If you haven't seen VHS Viral, if you haven't seen any of the VHS movies, check out those movies. And yeah, so that is The Endless from Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead. Thumbs up from me. Thumbs up from the Fear Boners community. And if you enjoyed this episode, if you want to hear more from us, uh, Down in Front Podcast, we release episodes um, pretty regularly, weekly, um, bi-weekly, uh, and every once in a while, the Fear Boners pop in there just to kind of keep you on your toes. You can find out more about when our episodes are coming out uh, directly on our website at downinfrontpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at underscore D-I-F-P. We also have a Fear Boners Twitter at Fear Boners D-I-F-P. Um, you can email us directly either at the crew at downinfrontpodcast.com or fearbonersdifp at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page at facebook.com backslash downinfrontpodcast. You can also find our video teasers as well as full episodes over on our YouTube channel. Um, We do have the return of the Down in Front Podcast Gamescast over on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash downinfrontpodcast. And also, if you enjoy what you listen to, we do it for absolutely free. We do it because we love movies, we love you guys, and we love to hear what you guys think about these movies, and we love to have this conversation with you on a regular basis. But that being said, uh, it does take time to put this all together, and if you feel like contributing in any way whatsoever, we would really appreciate it. You can pop on over to Patreon at patreon.com backslash down in front podcast to find more info about how you can contribute. Even a dollar a month helps. No matter what, we appreciate it. And again, Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in, dear listeners. It means the world to us. And us here at Fear Boners will be back sooner rather than later to tickle your fear bone. <laughs>